Hello and welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. <laughs> I and, like that I didn't even have to say anything to break you. Well, I was just so braced for somebody to step on the intro as per usual. I like gotta this. keep you on your toes. Nay. I gotta keep you on your toes. Uh, I'm Joe Patrice. That's Catherine Rubino. You also heard Chris Williams. How are you, everybody doing out there? You know, I'm okay. It survived the winter storm. Oh, oh yeah, there was a storm. Really? Small talk. Yeah. God damn it. I thought we were just going to be seamless. Ooh. <sighs> seamless. Yeah, lots of snow. Finally got my driveway plowed, which was more of an endeavor than I had hoped it to be, but it's accomplished, and I only had to shovel for maybe three hours, so not bad. Oh, yeah. How big's your driveway? Very. Uh, Flex? It, it is. Okay. It, it well, it's 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 set the house is set back from the street um a fair amount. So for the after the last storm, it was mostly just a hazard. So <laughs> trying to not have that happen again. But you know, how how was your weekend, Chris? It was it was spent in Philly. Having some furnace issues. They should be resolved tomorrow. But but until then I was like, you know what I really do like not hearing my teeth chatter. So my friends were kind enough to let me crash. And uh, I was I was very responsible. And by that, I mean, I did nothing but play video games. I think I might have mentioned before for small talk, but it's this $3 video game called Vampire Survivor. It has okay. no reason being as good as it is for $3. Um, so <laughs> I did some leveling up on that and I got back into RuneScape because uh, I'm an adult and that's what adults do. What system is that on? Oh, they're both they're both PC games. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I know Joe plays a fair amount of the gamings and yeah, no, not I, I don't think nearly enough to be considered a gamer. Uh, sure. I, I think that you are a distinct casual gamer is my impression is my that's impression fair. of you. Yeah. yeah. There's like a, there's a strict process. And like, if mm-hmm. you wash over twice a week, you're no longer a gamer. Like yeah. it just becomes <laughs> a casual. Uh, there was fair. a, there was an, there was an update in the definition of a gamer and a DSM five. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I uh, I've been playing on the Nintendo Switch because my nieces got one for Christmas, (laughs) and so I obviously need to uh, up my skill level so that I can hang with the nine year old. Hollow Knight is fun. If you get a chance to get that for the Switch, do that. It's uh, it's it has this really nice nightmare before Christmas aesthetic kind of going to it. Oh, cool. it's really cute and it's also difficult. <laughs> so like, um, I, re- I recommend that if you have to, you know, kill time like between shoveling. <laughs> Always. So how are we doing? We feeling good about the talk that we just had? I'm feeling kind of apprehensive, actually. Oh, why? <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a sound effect soon. What? <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. You're you just waiting for me to talk. So if you, don't, if you don't like, like the, if you cow. don't like the sound effect, I thought this was just part of our like repartee, but do you really not like it? Is that all? <laughs> I, <hate you. laughs> I knew that was happening and I could do nothing to stop mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So interesting transition. Last week we did a show that was instantly out of date. You might have noticed when it came out. That's because somebody else saw something happening and realized there was something they could kind of do to slow it down. And it's that like lead follower get out of the way. Briar got out of the way. That's right. <laughs> One of the all-time classic lines. Lead 
whenever whenever somebody says lead follower, get out of the way, I get out of the way. That's not the point. <laughs> it's supposed to inspire you to lead or at least shame you into following. <laughs> yeah. Idiocracy. Uh, yeah. Stephen Breyer has retired from the Supreme Court. He has. So that deserves a little fanfare. Yeah. yeah. Um It's very loud, very long sound effect. Until there are nine applauding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so Stephen Breyer has uh, retired, well, will at the end of the term, assuming a replacement has been confirmed. That is all the caveats in his letter. This is something that a lot of people were expecting for a while. Some people thought maybe it would happen a little earlier in the process such that it doesn't run the risk of running up into midterms, but here we are. Better late than never. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I am still surprised. I know a lot of, you said some folks weren't, but you know, when he didn't retire kind of immediately upon the Democrats securing both the presidency and the Senate, I didn't think it was going to happen. I, I'm not sure what exactly changed that that changed his mind that wasn't true last year and again does not butt up into the midterms, but here we are. Yeah, so happy trails, I guess, to make this kind of like a PTI moment. Happy trails to Stephen Breyer, who will be leaving the court after being on it for, you know, the entire lives of most people in law school which is in no way a sign that we have a broken system that's functionally hands power to an aristocracy. But yeah, so he's going to be leaving. Who's going to replace him? A black woman. That's true. Oh, so, no. Yeah, so I, I will say that the, one of the earliest takes I saw was from both right-wingers and left-wingers saying – this won't change the 6-3 conservative majority on the court. So everyone should just relax. There's not going to be any attempt at blocking this sort of a pick. And uh, that took about, let me check my notes, <laughs> about two hours to be blown completely up, uh, which that's how much it was blown up. Mm. Yeah, I have an explosion yeah. effect now. Did you upgrade the soundboard? No, it was on there before. I just hadn't noticed it for a it was while. A, uh, it was a lesser sound effect. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. Anyway, yes. So, uh, yeah, uh, well, the racists have come out now, right? They have. They have. You, you, you can't stop white people from racisting. Yes. Racist, it's kind of racist. it's kind of baked in, you know. Pepperidge Farm remembers white people racist. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the concept of a black woman having this job uh, was... What was Blowing dealt people's with minds. Was, was real quick with the old racism. So who wants to tackle that topic well, right it was it was Chris's story. You can, you can yep. go for it, Chris. Okay. This is, this is just fun to watch and see uh, meltdowns happen real time. Yeah. And, and, the, fun, and the fun thing is the, the conversations that aren't being had. Because, of course, the obvious thing is like, oh, isn't there an asterisk next to this uh, appointee or person who's nominated named is because they were singled out because being a black woman was a requirement. But my thing is we've had a long multiple centuries tradition of only having white males as like being a hard requirement mm -hmm. only like of like 115 justices, I think like what seven of them have not been white men. Mm -hmm. And now 
the the it's time to change things. Like, really, what what happened to you know having the idea of what's happening um, for the sake of equity? That's it's too much. And also, my other thing is uh, about the asterisk is they're like, oh, now that you're specifically getting a black woman, what about the most qualified candidates? As if it's just a foregone conclusion that a black woman wouldn't be the most qualified candidate. Yep. You know, and I'm and I'm and I think about the people, and when I think about what judges are supposed to represent and like the the public image, you're supposed to have like an upstanding moral person, right? You got the guy that likes beer and got accused of raping somebody on court. Attempted, yes. Yeah. Attempted. Accused of, that was accused, correct. Accused, accused of, of attempted rape. Accused of accused attempted rape. Right, right. right. um, you also got another guy accused of rape. Um, shouts out to Clarence. It's the whole- Well, not rape, no, not accused sexual of- misco- sexual, sexual harassment. harassment. Accused of sexual harassment, yeah. A- apologies, mm-hmm. apologies, Clarence. Sexual Get, harassment. Getting, getting all the various sexual crimes straight is difficult, <laughs> and that's a sentence yeah. that probably shouldn't be mm-hmm. said about a Supreme Court. <laughs> As well, and, well and, getting, and getting them straight, I mean, they got a shout out to Scalia and what was it, Obergefell? You got a long yeah. history of like judges doing like wonky ass judges. Like uh, you got, um, I think Amy Coney Barrett's biggest accolade was that she was, uh, she, wasn't she an intern for Scalia? What, intern I mean, she, or a clerk? She, she clerked, yeah. Yeah, she well, I mean, for, like everybody clerks, yeah. But like everybody went to court clerks. Like it's kind of a thing. Like she, she like, she didn't know all the, all the, the five prongs of the First Amendment. She had like three yeah. cases that she was notable on. So like you got people who are not the most qualified recently getting knocked in as far as like legal accolades or moral ones. But the 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 promise of a black woman is generating this much outrage. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, the really? really galling part about it is one of the folks who who said some reprehensible stuff was Ilya Shapiro. And, you know, compare and contrast his, he, he, I believe he said the phrase was that it was going to be a lesser black woman, right? right. Uh, and that was his reaction versus when, at the time, President Trump said that he would be nominating a woman for the seat that... Amy Coney Barrett took over, right? So if if it is affirmative action, it mm-hmm. is not. If it is, same thing happened. But instead of having this kind of a, well, why are we limiting it only to women instead of the most qualified candidate? Instead, uh, Shapiro's reaction when Barrett was nominated was, uh, she's an incredibly qualified, brilliant jurist. Right, yeah. That I was mean, his it's... reaction That when it was a conservative. When, but not only did he say this of the yet as, as a known nominee in this instance, because he knows it'll be a black woman and therefore cannot possibly be qualified. But if you go back to what he said when Sonia Sotomayor, clearly mm-hmm. the best justice, right? She's got a special place in my heart. I'm going to say mm-hmm. it, whatever. When she was nominated, he went off about how she was unqualified, never mind all the, the years that she spent on the Second Circuit, never mm-hmm. mind her elite pedigree. It is, it is not a, a bug. It's a feature of the modern conservative movement. They denigrate everyone who's not them, trying to undermine their achievements because that's the only thing that they that's what will stick in the in casual observers minds i mean reagan made it clear he was going to pick a woman for the seat that eventually yep. was sandy o'connor's yep. um yeah yeah and, and also white women are the ones who benefit the most from affirmative action yeah, yeah. well the, the thing that i think this is a uh, that i've been convinced of for a while and for the you know the people that are on the fence they're like oh maybe there's still this isn't all just rhetoric Things make a lot more sense if you just take as an axiom that it's only identity politics when it doesn't involve white people's benefit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Amy Coney Barrett, that decision, oh, we'll just get a, um, a, um, 
a Republican-leaning woman so that when we overturned Roe, at least there was a woman on the court. That was yep. a clear identity politics decision. Yep. Like the the there's a there's a there's no there's no question. Like people people see uh, potential cases coming before courts, and there's already like five, four, six, three breakdowns before they even get to the merits of the case. That's before the judges because we are already in a regime of identity politics. We already know based off of people's prior voting habits, their political parties, what have you, what's likely going to be the outcome. And it seems as if people are talking about like, oh, doesn't this start being uh, identity politics when there are people that aren't white that are becoming included? It is wildly racist. It's so obvious seemingly to everyone except for Georgetown, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yes, because Georgetown had recently hired Shapiro mm-hmm. to do a, uh, a run a center uh, and he, you know, very quickly uh, rolled out this stuff. He's not alone, though. There's a there's a on that, on that note. Not all of Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown's balsa is actually trying to get him uh, to not teach there. I yeah. I mean, look, it's uh, whatever ends up happening with this sort of situation. It's uh, yeah. The dean came out saying he was against the statement, but not actually mm. doing much about it. Right. And we will yeah. talk a little bit more in a bit about the whole concept of deans and whether or not they do much about uh, stuff. But yeah. So right now, I think before we get off of the subject of, I mean, a Supreme Court justice opening is a a big deal. So mm-hmm. let's keep this rolling for a little bit and talk nominees. So, yes. So the search will land on a black woman, but there are multiple black women who are Mm -hmm. qualified jurists on the, uh, who could potentially have this job. So who are we looking at? Gambling guide. Leandra Kruger is one of them, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, California Supreme Court Justice Leandra Kruger. Right. I believe noted for being a particularly pointed writer, elite qualifications as, as all of them really do. Right. Katanji, Brown Jackson is the yep. most uh, that is, is considered the front runner in a I lot think of that's circles on the D.C. Circuit. Uh, previously, a D.C. District Judge, long federal service. And the thing that I think, sort of the inside baseball that makes her the front runner more so than everything else, is that she clerked for Breyer. Right. And if you recall, you know when Kavanaugh got nominated, right, his prior clerkship was seen as part part of the reason why Kennedy was willing to leave was because he was sort of bequeathing it to his former clerk. Uh, And so I think that that kind of, you know, passing of the baton from justice to clerk is seen as a thing. And when I was kind of figuring this all out, I was like, oh, that's it. That, that, that's the signal that this is who it's going to be. I mean, nothing, nothing says we have a legitimate democratic system and not a series of aristocratic (laughs) appointments than only handing over power to your own chosen successor. Hey, a lot of the, a lot of the people on the system. Let's not forget a lot of the people on the Supreme Court are Harvard grads and they are and we know they have a long standing tradition of legacy admissions. Yeah. You know. Why not do that with the justices? Yeah. So that's satire about sarcasm by the way. <laughs> like Har- you know. Harvard and Yale. I mean, look, it, for not for nothing, Amy Coney Barrett did not go to Harvard or Yale. So there is that at least. Right. She's the only one who's currently on the Correct. court, right? Uh, True so diversity. At least that at least that broke it up broke something up. Yeah. Michelle Childs is also frequently mentioned. She's on the district court for the Southern District of South Carolina. 
Right. And given her South Carolina ties, there's some theory that if you're worried about Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott, you could potentially pick them up by picking somebody. Lindsey Graham South has Carolina. come out and said ex- right. multiple times that Michelle Child, he, he loves her. He would support. He would yeah. absolutely support her. Uh, and she is, I think, the only one on most of the shortlists that did not attend an Ivy League law school. She went right. to University of South Carolina School of Law. So go Cox. Um, I hear um, a lot of silly people talking about Kamala Harris. Yes. Uh, which I guess she also went to, did not go to an Ivy League uh, law school, sure. which you see Hastings. Right. But I, I don't believe that that is a serious. Well, because it's stupid. Yeah. 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 That, that is a stupid theory peddled by people who are in some weird wish cast of an echo chamber. Uh, no, they're not going to put the vice president on there and replace her with Susan Collins or Liz Cheney or whatever the <laughs> bizarre stupidity or Mitt Romney, I guess Bill Crystal said. Yeah. All is this none a of that is thing? happening. No, no. Like this how is, did it even no. come about? Like somebody like, Ayo, you know who will really be a good Supreme court justice? Kamala Harris. Like, I don't even know like how that. Well, I mean, it's all, it's all about this weird replacing her with some like random Republican as though that would make sense for Biden to do. Uh, it, it's it's all dumb. People are, are think that we live in an episode of the West Wing and we don't. Correct. Oh. So, so that's it. Thankfully. So now we've talked about people who are going to... And there's a couple other names on the list, but yeah, those, yeah. I think those are the, the front runners. Those are clearly front runners. Yeah. yeah. Uh, though the kind of spoiler that's really been out there is uh, Sherilyn Eiffel. Yeah. Sherilyn uh, Eiffel. Uh, yeah. Set to retire or, or step down as the... Uh, NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund president and co-director. So we'll see. Potentially looking for a new gig. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's so that that kind of goes through that. So we will find out soon enough, probably given our track record last week, probably before this episode comes out, because <laughs> that's that's how, that's how last <laughs> week turned out for us. Uh, but so we will find out soon enough who will answer that call. Hey, oh, answering calls. Yeah, want yeah. to pick it up? Let's yeah, go. Who, who picks up the call for a law firm? Well, let's, let's, let's find, find out. out. As a lawyer, ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call when you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting. That's where Posh comes in. We're live virtual receptionists who answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. And the Posh app lets you control when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Start your free trial today at posh.com. So that was that. That was, Let's, that was slick. Thank you. I'm, I'm really good at what I do. <laughs> and modest. That, that, Inter- yeah. Interesting. Interesting theory there. Hmm. So... Let's talk about firms. We've been talking a lot about law firms paying more money, but some sometimes uh, there are other perks that can be valuable, and you covered one this last week. Yeah, uh, Goodwin is offering uh, folks, associates of the firm, a week-long vacation that they're going to pay for. They have a couple of packages that they're putting together, uh, but if none of them kind of suit you, you can work with the firm uh, travel agent to come up with your own package. I believe it's uh, eligible for folks who've billed 2,000 hours and you know your normal kind of coverage issues are still going to apply. But it's great, I think, that the firm is not only saying you need to take time off because 
you need to recharge because you cannot burn out. We actually need you here when you're here and take the time to make sure you're doing your best work when you come back. But paying for it too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I think it's a really great signal to folks at the firm that you should be taking, that vacation is part of working. And I, I'm here for it. Uh, you know, there's a couple of other firms that are doing fun stuff like that, whether it's billing your hours uh, that you're 40 hours, you know, that you're on vacation towards your billable hour requirement. Mm. I think Orc's doing that. Uh, a couple other firms doing stuff like that. But now in the middle, you know, we've talked ad nauseum that we're in the middle of a talent war for associate talent. And this is this is a nice little perk. This is this is one way. And, and it's hard to kind of communicate and to understand when you're lateraling as an associate what the firm ambiance is like, right? I hate saying firm culture because it's kind of cheesy and who, what the hell does that even mean? But I think that these are the sorts of programs and it's so hard to like kind of legislate what it feels like to be an associate at a firm because, you know, oftentimes big law firms are little fiefdoms, right? Where mm. my life is miserable because I work for partner X and they are jackass and your life is wonderful because you work for partner Y all the time and they're amazing. Uh, and so with that kind of imbalance and kind of experiences that can happen oftentimes at law firms, this kind of top-down program, I think, really goes far to say to folks this is something everyone needs to value and prioritize and we care about as a firm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I still, I think it's important and I think firms need to start creating these sorts of alternative ways of differentiating themselves because eventually the compensation merry-go-round is going to throw a few firms off. That said, I don't think it's ever going to, especially with the cost of tuition, compensation is never not going to be the top Thing that an associate's looking for. And that mm -hmm. it, as much as firms want to think, well, we have this good culture, whatever, it's not just all about money. It, unfortunately for associates, it kind of is because they're a couple hundred grand in debt. And that's not something that a vacation can take care of. Now, it's good to have these alternative things out there. They are going to be good markers and differentiators between firms, but compensation will always remain the top. I understand what you're saying about how compensation will always be kind of the primary driver, but when you're talking, like it's probably valued at something like five thousand dollars per associate, right? The, the the vacation, and whether you're making an extra five k as a fourth, fifth year associate probably doesn't matter nearly as much than working at the sort of place where you can take a week off, yeah, where you can't, you know, and that's the week that they're paying for, in addition to you know. Also, I took a couple of days at Christmas and no one bothered me. I think that that is the kind of mental well-being that people do prioritize over 5K, over 10K even. You know, when you're, you're not just talking about your ability to pay off your loan, sure, what's that going to translate? I can pay off my loan three days earlier? Like, who cares, right? What I care about is, is my mental health and my ability to kind of continue at this job. And people can't continue for five, 10 years at the kind of paces that they're going at. Yeah, and and, no, I, and that was I, true before the Great Resignation. Lots of people like to talk about that all the time. But like, listen, in the in the early two thousands, people it was a, it has always been a churn of associates. Big law firms are not structured so that everyone they hire as a first year associate makes it to partnership year. They don't want you all there. You're designed <laughs> to be burnt, to be chewed up and spit out. Yeah, I, that is I the mean, model. There is a bit of a pyramid scheme to it, and that's how the leveraging works. And look, I, I completely agree with your point, though, that 
vacation time alone is not enough because you can give that time, but you can't create can you a culture it? in which it's taken. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this moves toward making that vacation time meaningful mm -hmm. if the firm is kind of honing up this. And, and it's also very much a pittance in the grand scheme of how much associates get paid, but it's one that can actually make that vacation time matter. Uh, there are some other firms who've done things like this before, but more like on the boutique level. This is like the first one where a major firm is going this route. So good to know. We good with that? Yeah, I mean... Uh... Let's talk about law schools again. And speaking of, are deans going to do something? Amy All right, Wack. you kind of teased that earlier. I did. Oh, so bringing us... foreshadowing. Yeah, That's yeah. like a pro move there. Two points. Yeah, so now For we're... For Slytherin. Oh. No. No. Wow. Oh, it was not in 2022. No, it was the only, only <laughs> people that had, like, slaves in the book. <laughs> now, I think Joe's probably considers himself a Gryffindor. Am I right? I mean, I did take that test, and that is what the sorting hat said. That, that, Ravenclaw that, that all day, every day. Yeah, nice. Hufflepuff. Of course, Hufflepuff. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That all checks out. <laughs> Anywho, speaking of Slytherin, Penn is now finally dealing with Amy Wax. Uh, there is a formal complaint to deal with the perennial problem child of that organization. So for perhaps new listeners, Joe, do you yeah. want to give like, okay, I'm going to limit you to the three <laughs> most offensive things that Amy Wax has done, said or written. She wrote an article explaining that the entire society, American society, was better when white men were in charge. One. Then she said that all the black students at Penn didn't actually pass all, any of their classes based on some sense that she had of the blind grading procedure, apparently. Two. And then now she says that America would be better off with fewer Asians. Three. And uh, there's more. There there's are more, more but you, you've made me limit. Uh, it, I know, I know, but I just want to, I want folks to get a sense of the kind of person we're dealing with Ultimately, here. expanding her portfolio to include Asians was, uh, was <laughs> what tripped up the university that has historically tried to bend over backwards to let her continue working. They now have initiated formal proceedings to deal with the situation. And this is why when you're tenured, you just dunk on black people. Yeah, it's, yeah. Sad it's, but true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the book. It's in the book. Page three, which nobody reads. <laughs> they don't get that far. Black people. <laughs> so she is now getting looked at. Uh, obviously, tenure, while it protects a lot of things, at a certain point does not protect your ability to create a hostile learning environment or, you know, pass off your nonsense, easily debunked weird theories as though they're scholarship. So... That's being looked at. Uh, she then, uh, the other day, went on to explain once again how black people, because of crime and IQs, are not able to be evenly distributed among the legal profession. So that's a thing that she decided to drop the other day. And with that interview, decided to explain that she's not going to resign. So Of course she's not. Yeah. I mean, because nothing uh, there's why, why take, go gently into that. Yeah. Why, why take the graceful approach now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is. So, yeah, she's going to turn this into some sort of weird martyrdom that said. And this brings us back to that Shapiro situation, too. There was a little back and forth online between some other people, uh, legal commentators, both Stern and Mistal uh, were going back and forth about the idea that 
you know, you don't call for these professors to be fired or anything when you call out their mistakes because, you know, they're just going to turn that into some sort of martyrdom complex and make everything worse. And my position is that's host. That's the logic of hostage taking. Well, it's also (laughs) non-unique. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to act like they're martyrs regardless, yep. regardless yep. of whether or not they had that job, they're still going to act the same way. They're still going to do the same thing. So why allow them to potentially indoctrinate students? Yeah. Well, and put aside indoctrinate. Cause I, I'd like to think that students are good enough. It's just well, the way I kind of put it in uh, an article I wrote about it is, yeah, you are not going to cure their toxicity by firing them but you remove yourself from their toxicity and that's, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's, as, that, that's enough of a reason. So yeah, you like, it's hostage taking and they're going to act like you can't fire me or I'll create a scene and they will create a scene and that's just going to be how it goes. Um, anyway, I'm assuming Amy Wax is not happy about the new nominee either, though I don't know as though she's given an interview about it yet. We'll see. I mean, only time. <laughs> only yeah. time will tell. So with all that said, I think we're done. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So thanks, everybody. It's been a good week. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Posh for being our uh, new advertiser there. You caught in the in the middle of the episode. You should be subscribed to the show. You should give it reviews. You should be giving stars as well as writing something. Writing something shows engagement. That helps algorithms, which are our new masters, figure out how, uh, <laughs> how you masters. feel about this. Uh, you should be reading uh, the the above the law because that's where these stories start and that way you can be up on them before our weekly roundup of stories you should be listening to the jabot which is Catherine's other show uh legal tech week journalist roundtable you can also check out proud uh, of you i'm a panelist on you should be listening to the other legal talk network shows i i was on uh i was on one uh interviewed actually i don't know if that one's come out yet but i was interviewed on uh jared's show the other day so you know that's out there. Small talk, man. Comes out today, I'm told. So well, there you go. That, that will be out. So I was interviewed. You can hear me give Simpsons uh, the, what, trivia what, what questions. Podcast? It's uh, Legal Toolkit. Uh. Yep, Legal Toolkit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. Yep. I mean, look, yeah. I, you know my issues with remembering the names of shows. So Age is a hell of a drug. Okay, that's... That's enough. Uh, you should follow <laughs> follow us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. He's at Rights for Rent. You don't need to follow Catherine after that comment. Though <laughs> at you... Catherine One. That's the numeral one. Okay, fine. Yeah, I think that's everything, huh? Peace. All right, bye, all. Have a good one.